How many love Jesus today? We love him. Big welcome to all our guests that have come perhaps as paparazzi or to watch and observe uh, the kids sing. It's so great to have all the joy in the kids, the next generation. If we could just download that into our veins, right? You know, we'd have so much more energy. So grateful for all that God is doing. Thankful for our kids team and all of uh, Team Emmanuel that are volunteering and are a part of, whether it's the the nursery, or it's preschool, or it's early childhood, as they call it now, or elementary. Would you give it up for those, all that are on Team Emmanuel? Just so grateful for them. Big shout out to all of the Emmanuel family, whether you're joining from Elk River, Maple Grove, Lakeville, Spring Lake Park, or you're joining us online. So glad that you could be a part of church this morning. We are in a series called Joy to the World. And last week, we looked at that thought that it's not joy from the world, it's joy to the world, right? That we're not trying to get during this season our strength, our happiness from the things around us, but there's an eternal truth that we can lock into, tap into, and have a true eternal type of joy. First John 2, 15, we looked at last week in 17. It says, and this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. And so we're wanting to tap into that eternal type of joy with the true story of Jesus' birth. Not fiction, but the true story of his birth. We're looking at the present tense value of Christmas. And and we got to look at the scripture for that. You know, different gospels show us different vantage points. Last week, we looked at, at the wise men through Matthew's perspective and how they chose to go on a journey and search for the Messiah. And this week, we're gonna look at Luke's perspective. And to help me out, I've got some uh, people that are some things or some living beings that are gonna help me set up today's text in Luke. And uh, I think they're coming out right now. They're uh, a part of the landscape of the Christmas story are many different kinds of animals. Give it up for our friends here today. And... uh, so we've got a donkey, and we have a sheep, and, uh, and they're doing really great t- today. First service, we had a little bit of a challenge, <laughs> tried to figure out how to, how to let them get used to a big crowd on a platform like this. But I want you to consider that uh, on the story of Jesus, there's lots of animals, and there's those that are caring for the animals. And uh, certainly, you guys take care of these animals all the time, every day. I think I asked the question earlier, so which one do you take care of? And I think you said, all of them. <laughs> and, uh, and so we're just so grateful. Would you give it up for our friends who brought this, these amazing animals in? You can go if you want, or you can stay for my sermon. Either way, uh, we're a part of the story. Yeah, one more time, give it up for them. They're, they're heading off. Luke chapter two. See how leading sheep is not an easy thing. Luke chapter two. Luke chapter two. That night, verse eight, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. The title of my message today is Break in News. Break in News. Guarding their flocks of sheep. The vantage point of this particular account 
is from the viewpoint of the shepherds. Now, shepherds are a big deal in the scripture, but in historical times, they weren't real high on the hierarchy of esteemed jobs to have. They weren't the most popular role to have. They weren't lots rolling in the money. They weren't the ones that little kids grew up and said, I want to be a shepherd someday. So they weren't really highly esteemed. And yet somehow God includes them in this particular story. Shepherds have a job. They're watchdogs. They're guarding their sheep. They're protecting their sheep. And they're watching out for predators. And they're making sure that they eat and they drink and that they're cared for. Scripturally, shepherds are highly esteemed. So it's the flip of the world's perspective because scripturally speaking, you see shepherds highlighted even in the Old Testament. People like David, who became King David, was a shepherd boy. And you see his accounts where he would be taking care of the sheep in the field. He would sing his song to God. In fact, one of those songs is a really famous uh, chapter of Psalm, Psalm 23. In Psalm 23, it says, the Lord is my, what? Shepherd. And so shepherds are highly esteemed, scripturally speaking, and there's something to be valued of. In fact, when God gives a proclamation or a prophetic word over the leaders of Israel, he would speak uh, to the leaders of Israel as shepherds over sheep. And so there was a parallel where they would talk about the metaphor of sheep, if you will, that sheep are also like people, and that those leaders of Israel were judged based on how they took care of the people. In Ezekiel, there's a famous passage where God was angry with the political leaders and the, the leaders of the, the, the kingdom of Israel, and uh, he was angry with them, so he says, I have this against you, that you feed only yourselves and not the sheep. And so literally, God looks at the responsibility of shepherds very highly. What are modern-day shepherds? Well, modern-day shepherds are people who are on duty. They're working, but they can't be with everyone else in the town. In the story of Jesus' birth in Bethlehem, where are these shepherds? They're out in the fields. They're on the job. And, you know, we have those kind of responsibilities taking care of our sheep. Parents do. I want to acknowledge those of you that have little kids that there's a lot of responsibility. When you're taking care of kids, you can't be going and doing what everybody else does. When there's a party going on, sometimes you're missing out because you got to take care of the kids. I remember, yes, Jody and I, we, we dated and then we got married and, and, then, and then we had a kid. And I remember when we had the first kid, there were just a handful of friends that still hung out with us. By the time we got to four kids, we weren't invited to anybody's house for dinner. You miss out because you've got responsibilities. You're taking care of those things. And I know this to be true. Even as kids grow up, parents have to, have to continue to guide them and guard them. There's a whole world now of parents that are following their kids, although they're Uber drivers for their kids, to practices for sports and for music and for dance and for other things. And we're driving our kids all over the place. I think some of it's unhealthy. I don't think kids have to do everything. But the parents have kind of, nowadays we've gotta be everywhere all the time. And, and it seems like while we're out doing what we're supposed to be doing, we might be missing out on something else. I think business owners have the same dilemma. When you own a business or you're in management or you're responsible for many employees, 
You don't get to take a break when everybody else does. You're still responsible to care for things and and you're taking the call late at night. You're worried when the economy dips and how are you gonna pay the bills for everybody else? And so you have these responsibilities. Sometimes when you're in a position of leadership as a shepherd, you have a responsibility that prevents you from participating in some things that everybody else participates in. I'm especially thankful for people that are teachers who will take care of the kids while everybody else is doing their thing. In fact, give it up for the teachers in our church and those that are in education. And Some of you do it at home now. And some of you are in a classroom with people who are just grateful for, for those shepherds. I know that moms never lose their shepherd's heart. You know, a mom could be 70 years old and she cares for those kids she had just like she did when they were three years old. How many moms know what I'm talking about? Hey, hey. There's that caregiving aspect. There are so many things in our lives that we have a responsibility to do. Some people work two and three jobs just to provide for their family. And as we are dealing with those things, those are good things to to do. We have responsibilities. We might feel like we miss out on something. No, shepherds have responsibilities. They're to care for those sheep. Jesus described a good shepherd and what a good shepherd does in John chapter 10. First, he describes what the thief is out there doing. The thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and destroy. And my purpose, Jesus says, is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I am the what? Good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for who? The sheep. Now, Jesus does this and says this in the context that there's also some other forces, the thief going after the sheep. So shepherds stand between the thief and the sheep. The shepherd is guarding and protecting and keeping their eyes open to be a good shepherd. Pastors and leaders are supposed to follow Jesus' example and care for the sheep, even to sacrifice our lives for them. Parents, you should be able to sacrifice your life for your kids. You're a shepherd. We're to watch out for them, and we must keep our eyes open for the enemy. We must be aware and protect, 1 Peter 5.8, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stay alert. Everybody turn to the person next to you and say, stay alert. Some of you might have to say, wake up. I don't know. We'll see. There are a lot of challenges to staying alert. Things that prevent us or we have to overcome in order to stay alert. We can be so focused on our responsibilities that we miss the Messiah. So busy that we can't hear the kingdom. So busy, Jesus said also in John 10, that my sheep know my voice. We can be so full of the noise that we don't hear his voice. And those challenges are, you know, while we're doing what we're doing, we're not like the magi or the wise men that we talked about last week who had spent time searching and researching and pursuing the Messiah. While we're out in the field and we're taking care of our responsibilities on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday, 
We can get so consumed out here, we're not really searching for anything. We're just responding to life. But in that, you're gonna see in Luke chapter two that God wants you to be a part of his story. He doesn't want the shepherds to stay out in the field. He wants them to be in the story. In order for them to be in it, they're gonna have to wake up because there's a certain kind of sleepiness to what is going on in the kingdom of God that can occur. We could begin to kind of forget, drift off. The world, which is underneath the influence of the enemy, can start to sing a lullaby that we respond to. See, while we're out there, we're consuming whatever the temporary world is doing, we can begin to be lulled to sleep and no longer be awake for ourselves or for the sheep that God has called us to care for. When uh, we were, our kids were young and each of them were born, Jody is an incredible mom. And uh, I'm so grateful for her in so many ways. But I mean, she, she's like a baby whisperer. You can get a crying baby and get her in her arms and she can just get them to sleep. And, um, and one of the things that she did when our kids, uh, as they were very young, is in the middle of the night, we had a little glider rocker in, our, in their room and, and uh, a kid could be screaming in the middle. How many of you know in the middle of the night, it is like torture? You're, you're trying to sleep and it's ah! And the baby wants food or wants something or diaper change or whatever else. And, and you know, somewhere you're in the middle of your dream or something, you're like, no, no, close the door. But the, you gotta take care of the baby. So Jody would get up and, uh, and she would hold the baby and she would start singing. And she kind of created her own song that she would sing to each of the kids. And it, I don't know all the words and I'm gonna... I'm not going to do it super well, and I'm not going to ask Jody to sing it today. But she would do something like, Night, night, David, time to go to sleep all night long. And she would sing it, and then she would sing, Mommy and Daddy will be right here all night long. And because we love you, we love you, David, Paul. And that was our oldest son. And then she would put the different names in for each of them, right? And I'm telling you, Jody would start singing that, and you would start off with a, ah! and then it would quiet down throughout the lullaby. That's what lullabies do. They, they calm you down and put you back to sleep. Well, in a bad way, life can put us to sleep to the spiritual realities. Life can kind of get us to sleep, away, and the, the enemy knows what song to play. And we can get caught up in, some, sometimes it's not even blatant stuff, it's just busyness. It's being overwhelmed and running from thing to thing. Or the enemy can slip in while we get addicted and binge on something on Netflix. And while we're sleeping, the enemy does something. Jesus talked about it in his prophetic, talks about the end times. While we're sleeping, the enemy goes in and he sows weeds, plants other things, and then it begins to grow up, and we're going to church. We, we know the realities, but underneath, there's another thing growing. As we sleep to the kingdom of God, and something else comes alive, and we're like, well, Lord, just take the weed out, and he's like, no, I'm not going to take the weed out. If I take the weed, weed, weed out, I'm going to take the weed out with it, so I'm going to let it 
both mature until the end. And in these seasons of time, of world history, both are maturing at the same time. The darkness is getting darker, and the kingdom of God is getting brighter for those that lean into it. We're living in this crazy culture, sifting times, and the church could be lulled to sleep and not realize that the enemy has slipped his way into the next generation. In just the last 10 years, Christians have begun to abandon foundational values of the scripture, approving of the things that God's word declares to be sin. Other ideas have been sowed into our head. The next generation no longer believes because they're being taught other things on TikTok. They're being taught other things in media. And now the church sounds really harsh and really mean if we believe what Jesus said. And to be mean is more evil than to be right in our culture. Our kids are the ones we're supposed to shepherd are being led away from the truth while we are entertained by another kingdom. And Jesus warns us in Mark 13 about future times, about the end. He said this, Jesus replied, don't let anyone mislead you for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many and you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be earthquakes in many parts of the world as well as famines. But this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. He goes on to speak of the reality of the times that we are in. Listen, while we're in the Christmas season and we're talking about Jesus' historical birth, don't miss what Jesus also said He's coming back. And there's another thing going on. So just like the wise men and the, and the uh, they're all distant and the shepherds now we're talking about today are out in the field doing their business, there is a Messiah being slipped into this story and Jesus is coming back and you better be awake for it. We are to consciously keep our eyes open. This is what he goes on to say in verse 23. Watch out. I have warned you about this time ahead of time. At that time, after the anguish of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will give no light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then everyone will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds with great power and glory, and he will send out his angels to gather his chosen ones from all over the world, from the farthest ends of the earth, and heaven. So in the, as we move through this, I want you to recognize Jesus also said he's coming back. And while we are to focus in on his return, don't think you're the only one thinking about end times. The world has its own eschatology. You say, well, what is eschatology? Eschatology is the part of theology concerned with death judgment, and the final destiny of the soul and of humankind. So that's what you're thinking about is the end. Well, you're like, what do you mean the world has its own eschatology? Oh, well, just think about it. 
People, world leaders are gathering for climate conferences, worried that the world is gonna end in the next 20 years. That if we don't rescue our planet, the planet is going to die. Now listen, I am into creation care. We have a responsibility to be good stewards of this earth. Can I get an amen to that? So I'm not into this, but I want you to recognize world leaders are gathering together, worried about the end of times. Whole generations of young people are afraid that our climate is gonna crash and things are gonna be horrible and we're gonna lose our water and we, the people are worried. And it's not even Jesus saying it to us. We're getting our prophecies from, from the news media. We're getting it from science. We're getting it from all kinds of places. It's its own religion now. And world leaders are willing to change their policies, their laws, and their behaviors to follow that prophecy. And meanwhile, they don't want to listen to the one who created the world in the first place. I'm about to preach up on you now. Think about this. The world around us, and listen, I know that when I'm speaking, different generations hear me through a different lens. Younger generations are like, whoa, you can't touch that. Older generations, recycling, what are you talking about? We got, we got kind of generational differences here. Yes, we need to respond and care for all of the things going around us, but no, we are not to be afraid of what comes next. Because Jesus said, I told you ahead of time. And by the way, don't fall too in love with everything in nature because it's all gonna burn eventually. And then there's gonna be a new heavens and a new earth. So don't hug the tree so tightly that you miss your eternity. Ha! Starting to sound like Pastor Mark Daniels here today. You would only laugh if you knew who Pastor Mark Daniels was. Founder of our church loved to say that. It's all gonna burn. <laughs> Jesus said to those following him to not miss the return of the Messiah. We are not to be afraid of what's going to happen in the end. There is a lullaby attempting to get us to sleep on the present tense kingdom of God. And the solution is Jesus. And we need to look for his return. In Matthew's version of that same talk, Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 24, verse 23. Then if anyone tells you, look, here is the Messiah, or there he is, don't believe it. If anyone tells you this is it, this is the truth. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform great signs and wonders so as to deceive, if possible, even God's chosen ones. See, I have warned you about this ahead of time. So I want you to understand from my heart, as a shepherd, I don't want you to be deceived. I want you to lean into the truth, the eternal truth of God's word, and to recognize his voice so that you don't miss it. And God, going back to Luke chapter two, in the shepherds in the field, interrupts this regularly scheduled work program with breaking news. And he essentially is saying, all right, you're going through your regular rhythm, your routine. 
I'm not going to do this in church. I'm going to do it on your job. I want you to wake up outside of here. And this is why I call it break-in news. Because he needs to break into our thinking and our rhythm and our expectation. And we need to allow God to speak to us in the present tense. God invades the time and the space of the shepherds while on the job. And he's not going to leave them out of his experience. So go on. Verse, chapter, uh, chapter 2, verse 9. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them. And the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you what? Good news that will bring great joy to all people. And the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger, and suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. Mm. So he breaks in with this big announcement. Boom. And they're not, you know, I mean, they're just taking care of the sheep. This is what, what they expected. And the angel essentially says, don't be afraid. Well, you and I would be afraid. It would be weird. It would be a weird moment. It's just like, calm down, dude. You're not alone. And then he unveils that there's armies all around. That while you're doing what you're doing, God designs his message in a way to get your attention. And this is the attention he wants you to pay attention to, this news. There is a savior and he is the ultimate shepherd, the ultimate parent, the ultimate friend, the ultimate business owner, and he is watching over you. While you watch over your sheep, he is watching you. You are invited to see him. I want you to catch this. Sometimes we think, maybe we think, well, God doesn't notice me. I'm, I'm uh, out here doing everything I'm doing. Some of you have been working long months, very tired. You've been working multiple jobs. You've been running from thing to thing. And you come to church today or you join us on online. And while you're, you're here, you're, you're like, man, this is a good thing, Pastor. And I'm glad that God is there for you. But I don't feel him on Tuesday. I, I don't feel God around me. This is what I want you to hear then God will go meet you on Tuesday and he will step into your area, your world, and he wants you to know I am with you. I'm watching over you. This whole time you thought you were alone at school. You thought nobody saw you in the lunchroom. You thought nobody noticed you were alone. You thought nobody noticed when somebody was talking behind your back. You thought nobody noticed when you were going through those medical issues. You thought nobody noticed when you lost your job. You thought nobody noticed when you got divorced. You thought nobody noticed you. I want you to know out there, not just in church, but out there, God has an army over the top of you, watching over you the whole time. So they clicked the yes on the invitation to go to Bethlehem, and they decided to go in. It says, when the angels had returned to heaven, 
the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept these things in her heart and thought about them often. And the shepherds went back to their flocks. Everybody said, go back. (laughs) They went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. They decided it's time. So today, in conclusion of my message, I want to give you five break-in news things to take back with you into your field. What do you need to hear from this message that you need to take with you? The first thing is this. Recognize Jesus includes people like me in his story. Now, I'm not, it doesn't say people like Pastor Nate. It's people like you that he includes ordinary, outside the normal discourse people in his story. People like you, don't don't disconnect from it. Don't go, well, no, I didn't come from a good family, so it's not really for me. No, 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 no. No, no, the good news is for you. Yeah, but you don't understand, Pastor Nate. I've got an addiction, and and, and I'm, I'm, I'm not a good person. I lie to people. I want you to know the good news is for you. The good news is, by the way, that if you trust in Jesus, he's the only one as a shepherd who knows how to lead a sheep like you out of the stuff you're in. Mm -hmm. It's for you. People like me. Turn to the person next to you and say, people like you. Breaking news to take back into the field. Number two, you aren't alone. There is an army of heaven close by. You aren't alone. There's an army of heaven close by. I really think this is a big deal in this day and age because it can really feel like I'm alone. I just wish I had the worship team with me when I went out into the field. When you go back to your job. You wish Pastor John Carlos was there, ready to go, I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. Lift your hands, lift your voices, let's go. You wish that you had this with you. No, no, no. Now you gotta understand that the unseen armies of heaven are available to God's children. And he's watching over you and they're available and they're nearby. You aren't alone. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're not alone. Number three, you need to take this back with you. You are invited to go see more of Jesus. You are invited to go see more of Jesus. I think if there's a danger in this day and age when it comes to the eternal truths of God's word, it's it's like we got t-shirts that say, been there, done that. Heard that before. And we can kind of just check out on on the reality of the kingdom of God and his availability right now. And so instead of hearing about it, knowing about it, and knowing that there are people in your life perhaps that really do know Jesus, 
perhaps are really on fire, instead of leaving it to grandma who prays for you, instead of leaving it to some other spiritual, maybe your wife is more passionate about her prayer life and, and stuff, you just let her be the one that is spiritual. No, no, you and I need to learn to go, no, I need to go myself and check out there's more of Jesus than I've experienced. I need to get hungry myself. Otherwise, you might fall asleep. You're invited to go see more of Jesus. Number four, take your Jesus experience to go. It is not just for church. Whatever God is doing, it's gotta, it's gotta get out of here. Is this for here to go? To go. Paper or plastic? I don't know, I don't know what you answer that. Plastic, no, that's not eco-friendly. Paper, that's not eco-friendly either. Nothing. We need to take it for here to go, to go. Too much of, of, of what God is doing stays in between our ears. And if we don't share it, there's a world outside that is never gonna hear the good news. These shepherds left and they went back, but they were talking about what God done, what they had seen and heard all the way back. And they were doing what we call in the church testifying. If you were to go to court and you were to stand on the witness stand and they would say, raise your right hand. Do you promise to swear the whole truth, nothing but the whole truth, so help you God. And you're saying, yes. Then you are required in that setting to say when they ask you questions what you've seen and heard. So you just say it. Well, I think Christians need to start saying what Jesus is doing in your life. When was the last time you testified about what Jesus is doing in your life to somebody else? Listen, you aren't overcoming the enemy without testifying. Revelation 12, 11, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their what? Testimony. And listen, by the way, you, you're a broken person. You're a sinner who needs a savior. It's by his grace that saved you anyways. But you're working alongside and going to school with people who are going through the same stuff you're going through. They got dysfunctional homes too. They've got stuff that's not working right. They've got the transmission going out on their car too. They're going through marital issues. They're going through all kinds of things that all of us go through but you got Jesus. So they need to know why are you okay even though you got the same stuff going on that they got going on, but you got a peace that passes understanding. It's time for you to let them know. I just talked to Jesus about it and he gives me strength to keep moving through every day. It's to go. It's not meant to stay inside. There's a world outside that all they know is religion and rules and rights and wrongs. And they've seen enough TV preachers. They've seen enough reels of somebody preaching this and that. But what, what will change them isn't the real. What will change them is the person they know that they are next to who loves Jesus. And that makes them notice he must be real. They need to see Jesus in you. Number five, don't be lulled to sleep by the world around you. Don't be lulled to sleep 
by the world around you. Jesus warned us ahead of time, Mark chapter 13. Watch out. I have warned you about this ahead of time. Church, we got to be a praying people. I'm just saying this, as the times get darker, and it gets a little bit, you know what happens when it gets dark? You get sleepy. How many have been more sleepy this month for some reason? But the sun goes down at like five o'clock, and you're like, what? Or four, or whatever it is. Too early. <laughs> and you just feel sleepy. What happens when the, the light gets a little bit dimmer is you don't see clearly. You get a little bit sleepy. And listen, as it gets darker in the end times, these days and age that we're in, the church has to lean in and listen to the good shepherd, listen to his voice. And as your pastor, as your shepherd, you know what pastor means shepherd? I'm just saying to you, be careful what you're consuming, listening to, Lean in. If you aren't reading the word, start reading it soon. Spend some time praying. And we got to be a praying church where we stay close to hearing his voice on the daily. And if we do, the light will grow in us. If we do, we won't be deceived. If we don't, we're in danger. Let me ask you, how do you need to respond to this word today? Do you need to wake up? Do you need to stop listening to the lullaby? Do you need to respond to an invitation to go and see Jesus? Are there people you know that need to see and hear Jesus and the t testimony out of your mouth? But today is that day. You get to respond to the break-in news. Would you stand with me today? Before we move any further, we'll sing here together in a moment. But before we do that, I'd just like to ask you to close your eyes, bow your head, close your eyes. Just a private moment. I want to give an opportunity if you're here today and you were to be the, you were to tell the truth that you are away from Jesus, that you are spiritually asleep. And today you need to turn back to him. Or you need to give your life to Jesus today. This is your moment. The Bible says that Jesus came to the earth. He lived a sinless life. He died on the cross for your sin and mine. And then he rose from the dead victorious, overcoming sin and death. He's the only one that can transform who you are. If you came to church today or you joined us online and you are away from God, I want to pray with you because he alone can turn the light on in your soul. No one's looking around, but you say, Pastor Nate, that's, that's me. I need to come to Jesus or I need to come back to him. Why don't you just put your hand up? Just say, that's me. Yeah, 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 yeah. All over the room. Yes, 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 yes. Several dozen people giving their life to Jesus. Coming back, yes, 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 yes. I'm so proud of you. You're not hiding it. You're just being truthful. Yes, yes, 
Yes, yes. I want to lead you in a prayer, and I want you to mean it from your heart, but say it out loud, and I'll give you words to pray, but pray that out to the Lord, and everybody else you can join right in. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you came to the earth, died on the cross for my sin, and then you rose from the dead, and I know that you're alive. Today, I surrender to you. Please forgive me of being stubborn and following my own way. I choose to turn and follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Somebody give the Lord some praise in the house, amen, amen. And if you prayed that prayer, I just encourage you to stay on the journey. You might, have to, you might have to make some changes in your life so you can hear them. You might have to get some Q-tips out, out to get the wax out of your ears. Uh, you, might, you might need to do some things, but do it so you can keep hearing his voice. At the end of the service, we're going to have prayer teams that will be available on the front here as well as the back of the balcony. And if you want to take that next step of following him, I encourage you to do it. Pastor Phil will give some instructions in just a moment. All right, one more time, give it up for those that gave their life to Jesus. I appreciate you. Thank you. All of heaven has a party. All right, we're going into a song of response. And uh, I want you to consider, on the platform here, we've got kind of, this obviously represents Bethlehem and the stable and all of that. And we'll, we'll talk about the next couple of weeks. Invite your friends to church. We're going to talk about the Christmas story and how it's available for, the, for them, too. But... Uh, I want you to consider those, those shepherds who are out in the field. They hear the news. Now they have a decision to make. They're invited to go see the baby. Do we go or we just stay in the field? They said, let's go. So they turn and they go to see the baby. And I think of going to see all this news is, is the equivalent of taking my heart to worship the one that is here, to bow my knee. This becomes a form of an altar. An altar is not spiritual except when you put your heart on it. When you decide, you know what? I'm not gonna be deceived. I'm going to focus on the eternal. I'm gonna listen for the voice of God. And you choose to go, you know what, Lord? I am coming to you in this day and age that you warned me about ahead of time. I don't wanna be the one that's deceived. I wanna be the kind of person that's ready for you to split the eastern sky and come on. I'm ready for that. Well, that's an act of worship and saying, God, I'm gonna stay in tune. And today we're gonna to end our service with this. We're just gonna say, we're gonna worship the Lord. We're not gonna worship a manger. We're gonna worship the eternal King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who was and is and is to come. There's nobody like him. He is the lamb that was slain and he's coming back again. And our hearts are gonna be ready for Jesus to return, to be ready for what he wants to do. And if you wanna get out of where you're standing and you wanna come up and worship at these altars, you want to bow your knee, you can do that. If you want to just lift your hands, you can do that. Let's go to worship Jesus. Thank you for joining us. We pray that you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. Check out emmanuelcc.org for faith resources, how to get plugged into community, or to join us live on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. We are so excited to see what God is going to do. The best is yet to come.